Welcome to the Inspiration Accelerator, hosted by Michael Sonberg, founder and CEO of Rebel Culture and Skyrocket Education. Each week, we'll talk to a different, inspiring person in the world of leadership, personal development, career, family, fitness, and beyond. Buckle up for the Inspiration Accelerator. All right, everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to the very first episode of the Inspiration Accelerator. I'm Michael Sonbert, and so unbelievably thankful that you all stopped by. We have an incredible guest today for our first episode. We're going to have a lot of incredible guests over the life of this program, but really uh, awesome guest today to kick this off. His name is John Mosley, a.k.a. the popular nobody, and we'll talk to him in a moment about that nickname. I'm fascinated by it. We'll get to John in a, in a bit. But first, I'm going to start this episode the way I'm going to start every episode, which is to share a little bit about uh, something inspirational that I'm currently uh, listening to or watching or, or learning from. Really, the, 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 the gist of this whole show is that we're going to be weekly speaking to people who are inspiring. Uh, and these don't have to be people who are always inspiring, um, but just people who are up to inspiring things. And so, um, you know, it could be somebody who started their own business or it could be somebody who summited Mount Kilimanjaro. It could be somebody who just decided that they wanted to become a runner and they're running three miles a day. Anybody who's saying, hey, here's the traditional narrative and I'm going to do something a little bit outside of that. Sometimes it's a lot outside of that. Somebody that we want to talk to on this show. So um, let's start by just talking about, I'm watching a show on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix. Maybe it's Hulu. Uh, I forget. But it's called Limitless, and it stars Chris Hemsworth, who some of you may know plays Thor in the, in the Marvel movies. And I'm sure he has other roles as well. I think I've even seen some of them, but everybody knows him as Thor. And Hemsworth's on this six-part uh, six journey to try and make himself as like healthy and as calm and as fit and as like uh, meditative possible. He, he discovered that the Alzheimer, uh, he has the Alzheimer gene. Uh, and I don't know a ton about that. I don't have Alzheimer's in my family on wood, but uh, so I don't know what his percentage of getting Alzheimer's is because he has the gene, but I do know that he's taking it really seriously. And I think it's pretty interesting because here's this guy who, for a lot of people, is the epitome of health uh, and fitness, right? I mean, the guy plays Thor, for goodness sakes, in the movies. I mean, you've got to be in tremendous shape to be that guy. And here he is doing these different exercises, like he's walking across a, a thousand foot plank uh, over Sydney Harbor in Australia because he wants to become uh, as calm as possible. And, and he's controlling his heartbeat. And he's doing work with intermittent fasting and he's doing work with cold plunging and things like that. So I highly recommend it. Uh, it's really cool to see somebody in that position being really humble and, uh, and willing to continue to, to learn. Uh, and that's the thing that inspired me uh, this past week. So I hope you check it out and I hope, you, I hope it resonates with you as much as it did with me. Great, folks. Let's uh, bring our guest out. Um, this gentleman, uh, I have to share this story. We met at a conference in Beverly Hills, California. I have to say Beverly Hills because it sounds cool and swanky. 
and we were a bunch of us were at the bar chatting and I was talking to a, a, a whole mess of people and we were getting along really well. And then this guy walked in and everybody lost their shit and ran over to him like he was a celebrity. Everybody forgot about me uh, real quick, which was fine. Uh, and so I said, I've got to find out more about this. And basically there were about 10 people surrounding him at probably midnight in the, uh, at the hotel. And uh, I said, I have to find out more about this guy and his story and what he's up to inspired the heck out of me. So I'm going to introduce him here. His name is John Mosley. He's known as the popular nobody. John, welcome to the Inspiration Accelerator, man. How are you doing? What's going on, my man? I'm great, brother. I'm excited for the opportunity to just sit down and chat with you. And that that story that you just told is going to forever ring because I, I didn't pick up on it in the moment, but then now looking back at it, I seen when we sat down in that hotel lobby and everybody was congregating, you just kind of sat back and you were quiet and you were watching it. As I was talking to them and kind of giving them that advice, you looked at me, you was like, yo, I like the way you think. And so yeah. now. It yeah, it's really true, man. It was, a, it was a really cool event. And um, yeah, you walked in and it was like a celebrity walked in. And I want to, I want to talk about what you do. I mean, you list your profession as educator slash barber talk uh, talk to us like i mean is that well you, you teach people you also i mean you, you cut hair like you're a stylist like talk to us about like your journey and how you got to this point and, and what exactly you do on a daily basis uh just kicking off with how i got to this point starting out i was playing college football and i got tired of getting hit by grown men for free i, I like I like the sense of having an opportunity to make money. And so I know playing football is a long game. And I didn't want to, I didn't, you know, when you're younger, you don't feel like you got that much time. And so that long game process wasn't in my mindset at that moment. And so I walked off the college football field and then my mother is in the beauty industry, Doris Mosley, my sister, Lily, my sister, Ann, family, aunts, cousins, all of that. I joke and tell people like, you know, we're the Jackson Fives of the beauty industry. They treat me like I'm Tito, but I'm really Michael, you know? <laughs> and so I, I didn't want to do it. It was just something that I said I wanted to do to buy myself a little time to drop out of college and figure out what else was there for me. And I thought by doing that, it will get my mom to back off me. And it didn't. I was enrolled in barber school three days later. And, you know, that, that was it. And then I didn't even want to be in school. Like I hated it because it was a lot. So I didn't want to be there. And six months maybe into my journey, my mother, I showed her some of my work and she was like, you know, if you put some energy and effort behind this, you actually would be pretty good at this. And here I am now. So that's, that's so cool. So at this point, I mean, are you actually, uh, and I have so many questions for you. I'm going to be uh, all yeah. over the map here because you're just such a fascinating person. And I want to get to the nickname Popular Nobody in a moment. But like on a daily basis, are you cutting hair? Are you are you coaching people who cut hair? Like what does it look like for you on a on a daily, a daily basis in terms of work? My my daily basis is right now I'm a director of a school, yeah. uh, a few schools. I'm an artistic director for Paul Mitchell as a company in whole. And then I have my popular nobody brand. 
Uh, me and my brother, Patrick Hall, we have a football organization for the youth. And then I create content. I'm a content creator, not just for myself, but for others. So I always, like, I'm always mixing and mingling. You never know what I might be doing that day, but number one is always going to be to impact people. You broke up for a second there. Number one is going to be to impact what? Impact people. So whatever yeah. I'm doing that day, hopefully to impact somebody. I love it. I love it. And I should have mentioned that the conference we were, that we were at was a Paul Mitchell uh, conference, which um, that is your uh, that is your wheelhouse and that is your universe. It's not necessarily mine. Uh, in fact, I gave a, I was fortunate enough to give a keynote uh, the day after you and I met. And I said that I've never been so uh, self-conscious about my hair, and my beard and my clothing, because I know everybody there has a really critical eye when it comes to fashion and style and, uh, and of course, hair. So, um, but uh, I, I know you work with Paul Mitchell. Talk about the popular nobody and folks can find you all over social media. I mean, you just have to go on, uh, go on Instagram. He's at popular uh, underscore nobody, TikTok popular uh, JM, John Mosley. It's his website is www about the popular nobody.com talk about this nickname the popular nobody i love that i love that title so that was something you know i i, I think about it like a lot of people when instagram first got started they were being very specific to what they did and it was like you know the barber so i'm just my story the barber jm that's what i started out going by I felt like, yo, I'm a barber. I know barbers, we take pride in being a barber. You know, I think barbering is probably one of the most prideful jobs that you could have. You know, you don't see people that work at Walmart be like, yo, I'm the best cart getter in the parking lot, boy. Like, so <laughs> it's like, you know, for me, I, I started out with that. But then that other side of me kicked in, like, how can I be a business person if I'm only speaking to barbers? How can I scale? How can I grow? And so. I was like, I got to come up with something else, but it's, it wasn't like nothing was coming to me. It was just, I was just going. And then one day I did a photo shoot and it was all over the place. And one of my boys, one of my closest boys was like, man, your work is everywhere. You kind of like a popular nobody. And I was like, there it is. And so that's, that's, that's how it came about. Just me being me. And I think it fits my personality. Like when you look at my Instagram, whoever's listening, when you go to my Instagram, you're not going to see my celebrity clients posted everywhere. You're not going to see my lifestyle everywhere. What you're going to see is motivation, inspiration, laughter, love, and, and just my craft and what I'm passionate about. And so that kind of makes that brand speak the popular nobody. And I think it, I think it speaks to your earlier point about the impact thing and not that you can't have pictures of celebrities and also have impact. Right. And I'm, so I'm not, because I know there are people who do that. And you and I don't know each other incredibly well, but the thing I was struck by you immediately is like, this guy's trying to make a difference in the world. And it feels like for your brand, if you had all that other stuff, it wouldn't be authentic to who you, to what you, to the impact you're trying to have. It's, it's, it's who, certainly a part of, a, a part of you and who you are, but it feels like, and we'll get to this impact you're looking to have through, through education and through sports shortly, but it feels like, it just wouldn't be consistent with the impact you're trying to have in the world to have all this other stuff up there. Right. I feel like when people start a brand, 
a lot of times the brand doesn't really speak who they are. And one of the things about building a brand, you got to have a brand identity. And part of that brand identity has got to be part of you. And so for me, popular, nobody is me. You know me. If you don't know me, you'll find out real soon that it's just I'm, I'm the quietest person in the room. I value my words. I value my energy. And so when people come to me or I speak to them, it's going to be an impactful, valuable conversation. So just being that popular, nobody sitting in the back of the room and kind of soaking it in and just, you know, watching and listen. That's why God gave us two ears so we could sit back and listen uh, and, and, and take in the energy that we need to take in. I love that. And, uh, one of our, um, you know, one of our, uh, kind of questions when we send, um, our inform to, uh, to, to potential guests is to say like, what are, you know, what are some things that you're proud of that you've accomplished? And I say, don't be humble. And you, I got yours back. And it almost didn't fit in the box because you've got so many different awards. And I have to I have to go off screen for a second here uh, in no particular order. Uh, Modern Salon Top 100 Industry Game Changer uh, winning 2022 NAHA Educator of the Year Award winning Barbershop Connect 2019 Educator of the Year. Artistic Director for, uh, director for John, Pitch, uh, John Paul Mitchell Systems. I mean, work in magazine, uh, Clipper collaboration with Andes. I mean, it just goes on and on. What, what are you, uh, what are you most proud of when it comes to these, comes to these accomplishments that you have? Honestly, the after I filled that out, and now you ask that question, the thing that I'm most proud of, I think that anybody should shoot for, is not on that list. And I'll give you this answer and then I'll give you one that's on that list. But the one that's not on that list was maybe Wednesday night. I was driving in, a, in my car with my son and he looks at me and says, Dad, I probably wouldn't have never told you this. He said, but I want to whenever I have a, a son, like I want to have a son so I could raise him the way you raise me and the way you teach me and you spend time with me. So I didn't get to write that on that list, but that right there, that's the biggest accomplishment, I think, to this point in my life that I ever achieved. Because I don't think most parents hear that from their kids. And it, it, it means a lot because I, I know how much I pour into my family. I know how much I pour into my kids. And just to hear that come from my son, that to me, that that's the biggest accomplishment. But to speak to about the list that I sent in, Naha. Winning that Naha Educator of the Year Award is tremendous because one, I didn't think I could win it. And the reason why I didn't think I could, it wasn't because of the fact of my skill set or my ability to educate and impact people. It was because I didn't think people realize who voted, how much of work I've actually put in. I tell people all the time, my body of work is like the ocean. You can stand on the outside and put your feet in the sand and you can only see so far, but my body of work is deeper than that. My body of work is much more, has more depth, it, it goes out and it reaches to the point where the eye can't see. It, you, you only can see where the sky and the water meet uh, through mm. vision. And so mine is deeper than that. And so I think winning that Naha Award solidified the impact that I've made on a lot of people through education. So for me, that's the biggest accomplishment so far in my career. So, so much to unpack there. I want to go to the family thing <laughs> first because I, uh, 
I, I feel so similarly. I um, Yesterday I ran the, I'm in Philadelphia right now. I live in New York. I'm in Philly right now. Yesterday I ran the Philadelphia Marathon. Uh, it's my first time ever running a marathon. And it might be my last. I was one of the slowest people out there. But I didn't do it. I didn't do it to get a great time or or to to finish before anybody. I did it because it's something I didn't think I could do. Uh, somebody challenged me and said, what's the hardest thing physically that you could think of? And for me, it was like running a marathon. I'm, I'm not a runner. I don't train as a runner. I don't, I'm a little bit bigger than your average runner. I'm not like, I just, I, I I'm more kind of not, not, you know, not, uh, I didn't play college football like you, but if given the choice to run full <laughs> speed into somebody for three seconds or to run for 20 miles, I'd choose to run into somebody for three seconds. And so I, I did the, uh, I did the marathon yesterday and my wife told me that she was going to bring the kids out to meet, meet me at mile six. And, uh, and I was going to be getting to mile six around 8am and it was freezing in Philly yesterday. It still is. I mean, you know, 25 degrees, but wind chill had it down in the, in the teens and the wind was whipping 30, 40 miles an hour. And I'm like, I told my wife, I'm like, don't bring the kids out. It's too cold. And then as I was getting there, mile five, I'm like, man, I hope they're there because I want them to see. Yeah, sure. I want to I want to get their their cheers. Right. And I want to I want to get motivated by their energy. But I want them to see that their dad does hard stuff, that that their, their dad pushes himself, that like that life is not about just kind of taking the easy way or or doing stuff that is kind of status quo. It's about you know, going beyond what you think is possible. And then they wound up, they wound up being there. And I don't know if they understood my, my wife said that my daughter was like, I hope daddy wins the race. I hope he wins the race, which <laughs> was the opposite. I, I came in, you know, went, totally at the bottom. It took me hours to complete this thing, but I really, that family thing really resonates with me because uh, that's a deep thing, man. I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't say my parents were like bad parents, but they didn't teach lessons, right? We they just kind of parented and we went about our business. They didn't they didn't teach lessons. There was no kind of here's how we operate as a family. Here's what it means to be a sunbird. The way I think you're creating this, you know, paradigm in your family of like this is what it means to be in this family, right? Here's what we care about, and that really resonates deeply with me because I I, I don't think there are enough people doing that kind of stuff. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, I, I really don't think it is a lot of people that actually sit down with their family and, and actually talk over dinner. Like that's an old school yeah. method. That's not something that I had in my house, but I know as parents, you know, when you leave your when you when your kid walks out of your house every day as a parent, you're fighting the internet, you're fighting girlfriend, boyfriend, mm -hmm. you're fighting peer pressure, you're fighting, you're fighting every you're fighting the world against the brain of your kid. And so and you're bullying, you're fighting the school system, you're fighting mm. so much. And so I think it's really important that sometimes you got to go back to some of them old school methods, even though it might have not been in your household. You know what's best for your kid. You know what's best for your family. Sometimes you got to go back to that place. And even though it might have not been in your household, but you got to implement it in yours. And I think just spending the quality time with my son, my son is pretty much with me seven days a week. And he's about to be a 16 year old kid. You know, I asked him, what do you want for his birthday? He wanted to go to a concert. I tell him, I'll pick a couple of friends and I'll make sure I get tickets for all your friends. Y'all can go. And he turned around and said, dad, you know what? I'd rather just me and you go. I'd rather hang out with you. And, you know, to me, 
that that means I'm raising a kid that see the value in that F word and it's not fuck its family. Mm. I love that. I love that. John, it's so funny. Just to, I'll, I'll, I'll leave us with this point here, but growing up, I hated my last name. Not that there was anything intrinsically wrong with my last name, but I just, it didn't stand for anything. I like, it didn't, I don't, again, I'm not putting my parents down because I think they just parented the way they kind of parented. They, they just like, you know, uh, we now have two kids. Like, let's just like go about our business. But like, we didn't have those sit down over dinner. Hey, we want to talk to you about this thing. We want to teach you this lesson. Hey, here's what it means to be in this, in this, in this family. I, I, we had a conversation with our kids yesterday and, and we told them, you know, we were talking about education and the, they're still little, they're little than your, your kids. And so they're like, Hey, like, what is it? What is that? What does education mean? <laughs> it's like, so like now you're trying to describe that. And what's like, yeah, it's, it's school, but it's outside of school. It's about learning. We're telling our kids like the most important thing in the world is your family. The second most important is education. Now uh, there might be people listening to this who disagree. You may disagree as well, but for me, it's like, that like teaching people, like teaching our, like our little people, like what matters here. And I went from, I shouldn't say I hated my last time. I was ambivalent about it. It didn't mean anything. And now I'm at this point where like, I love it. I love what it stands for. And it sounds like you're creating that same thing in your family as well. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it's a must, man. Like it's a must. I tell all, all, I have, you know, the utmost respect for, my kids because yeah. they they've seen me go through a lot yeah. but they understand like i'm gonna be a cool ass dad but at the end of the day <laughs> i'm still gonna be your parent and i'm gonna tell you when you when your shit stink you know what i yeah. mean and i i love them but as a parent we're always gonna love our kids we ain't gotta like them all the time though and so yeah. my kids know that they know how i feel they know i don't hide nothing from them we have open honest real conversations because i think the rest of the world is having so much fake conversations with our kids. It's up to us to sit down and have real ones with them. Oh man. I, I, uh, I said this to a group recently. I said, you know, so many of you are celebrating your anniversaries and your kids' birthdays on Facebook and Instagram, and then not looking those same people in the eye and telling them how much you appreciate them and how grateful you are for them and how much you love them. It's easy to post on Instagram you know, my, my amazing wife or my amazing kids and this and that, it's harder to sit down over dinner with all the distractions that you're talking about pulling at them and being like, no, we're going to pause everything here. And I'm going to look you in the eye and tell you like what you mean to me and what matters here and those types of things. It's such a different, such a different way of thinking about this. Yeah. My, I, I my birthday just passed, Michael. And no, oh, happy birthday, uh, man. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. But one of my things is I hate the fact that I don't want to be exposed on the Internet on my birthday. And the reason why is because it brings so much fake love. Like yeah. that's people you're giving people out. You're giving them, you're giving people an opportunity to not pick up the phone and call and really tell you how they feel. Or, you know, somebody sent you a text message. Hey, happy birthday. OK, great. But what it doesn't hurt to pick up a phone and just call somebody. Yeah. So that they can hear your voice. We we've got so caught up in this fast food world where everything is quick, everything is microwave, everything mm -hmm. is so and even thought process has been microwave now, conversations have been microwave now. And it's like one of my biggest things is like, yo, don't celebrate me on the internet. Like celebrate me together in real life. Don't don't put it on the internet. Words to live by, man. I, I love it. Talk about John. 
talk about the the Naha Award and how you were saying like you didn't think you'd be recognized. What is what is that thing, right? Is that do you not fit the profile of people who are traditionally recognized? You're you're a, you're a, an African American man. Is that not what what you who usually gets the award? Like talk to me about like is it is it your size? I mean you're I mean I'm not small and you're a heck of a lot bigger than me. You met in person, right? I mean, if people like what yeah. is the, what is talk, talk about that? Are there some prejudices going on here? What's going on? You know, it's crazy. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not going to say it's prejudice going on yeah. um, because uh, the PBA is a great organization, and I know they do a lot for our beauty industry. So I'm not going to say it's prejudice, but they do have outside voters, and those outside yeah. voters might not. They might not know who I am. They might have not paid attention to who I am. They might not. They might have not gave a damn to what I was doing. And so yeah. for me, I, I think that was part of it. And that was part of that emotion and that feeling of you guys don't even know half of the stuff that I'm doing because I'm not mm -hmm. putting that 75% on the internet to look cool. But I'm out here in the community. I'm out here uh, back and, and, and supporting uh, changes coming scholarship opportunity, you know, and, and 501c3. And it's like, that's the stuff I don't put on the internet. So mm. when it comes to education and it really comes to, yeah, I'm a great barber educator, but really what I'm doing is altering life. I'm giving other people an opportunity. Barbering is just the vehicle of the impact that I'm making. And it's like, so when I looked at that award situation, I didn't look at it from a standpoint where people can recognize me for really what my talent is. Most people think my talent is in my hands, but it's really in my heart. And that impact is not seen through a haircut. That impact is not seen through me standing on stage teaching somebody how to do a haircut. It's the conversations that happen off stage. It's the conversations that happen in my DMs. It's when COVID hit, I started to Zoom every Thursday night for two hours for free, just so people can build a community with each other and talk to people. That type of stuff is education to me. That type of stuff, education just doesn't have to have a book connected to it. But, and, and so when I looked at that award, I didn't think that's what was going to get me that because I didn't show that. But mm. I, from judges that judged it, Afterwards, they spoke to me and told me the reason why they voted for me was because the same heart passion that I'm giving you right now in this interview, they seen it come out in my video. And then they did the research on me. Then they understood, oh, this guy's for real. He's legit. He's out here making an impact. Um, and, you know, I think for me, that's why I felt like that's the biggest accomplishment in my career, because now I took popular nobody name as a brand. And starting to started to make it a household name in our industry, a brand in our industry that stands on something totally different. And um, yeah, that's that's why I feel that way. I love it. I want to ask you about the impact thing in a second and the the work you're doing around education. Uh, but this is just a quick for my own curiosity. Are you like when you meet somebody, are you checking out their hair right away or do you like separate work from personal or are you like? Oh, this person, this person needs a better haircut. Man, I do not ever look at somebody here because really I always, yeah, I always got a hat on. So I'm, I'm <laughs> one, I'm a barber who never have a haircut, you know, so I can't judge nobody. I always, one of my biggest saying is I can't judge nobody. I don't have a gown or a gavel, so I can't be a judge. And so that's like, 
if you got a messed up haircuts, you might not financially be in a place to get one or you just might be in the process of life where, you know, you know, when we go through things and we struggle mentally and we trying to get things moving and get business things happening, sometimes you just don't have a haircut. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't I don't judge it. I don't know what what my, somebody might be going through. So, yeah, I don't have a haircut right now. Shit, I got a hat on. <laughs> where does this where does this humility come from man i mean you're really at the top of your game in so many ways you could be less humble and we actually don't live in a world where humility is uh where it's prized i just uh i was uh just upstairs doing some work there's a there's a conference room up in the top floor of this building and they had one of the sports shows on and these guys are yelling and screaming at each other and banging their fists and trying to be who could be most outlandish when it comes to, you know, the giving their hot takes on the, the Dallas Cowboys game from yesterday. And, uh, and humility feels like it's not, it's not prized. Uh, and I don't know if it's taught. Where does yours come from? I come from humble beginnings, you know, um, my, my my mother been in the industry, like I said, my dad is a cool ass old man. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> uh, I know everything, everything that I earn, like some people make money or you ask somebody like, you know, hey, uh, what do you do for a living? Why well, I, I make money doing this. And it's like, nah, nobody on earth make money. Money is made in Washington, D.C. We earn it. And so through hard work, getting it from the dirt and, and putting your hands in it and molding this pot for this flower to grow. That comes from like just knowing and understanding everything that I have can be taken away from me. This whole earth is materialistic. So I don't worry about that kind of stuff. I just keep working every day. I wake up to work. I wake up to grind. I wake up to impact. I wake up to empower. I wake up to be great. And so I know that. And that's why I'm on this earth. Like I'm not I'm not here to to floss and brag about the shit that I've been able to accomplish. I'm here to change somebody's mindset and challenge it and help them grow, but also be an inspiration. And in order to be an inspiration, you got to lead the right way. So refreshing in today's day and age. And I got to tell you, man, I uh, I'm conflicted. I've got people on my team who are like, you got to be out there more, man. Everything you do, you got to be posting about it. Um, and uh not in a not a not in a like a bragging way but just this idea that the more attention you get the more impact you can have I mean, one of my expressions is impact impact over income right and that like if you're just seeking the money uh that's gonna ultimately leave you a little feeling a little bit hollow if you're seeking impact the money will follow assuming you can assuming you can make create impact for people but it's it's a it's a challenge for me personally, man, is that this like kind of this 2022, soon to be 2023 world where the expectation is that you're just kind of out there and beating your chest. And people like you really are the anomaly these days, man. You truly are. And, you know, uh, that's that's the thing, man. We got to make an impact. Everybody say they want to see change. They want to do this. They want to do that. And I, I learned early in life, like in order to see change, you got to be a part of it. And that's why I'm in the community where I am. That's why I speak to the youth the way I do. That's why you know, my brother, Patrick Hall and Torres Hill, like we care so much. We Friday nights in the cold, we had high school football games and uh, communicating with these coaches to help these young men get opportunities. Like 
you, if you want to help a kid get to college, do something about it. Go do something yeah. about it. If you want to see something in your community change, do something about it. Like, don't just talk about it. Like our kids grew up in these communities and, but we were, you don't want to see a kid on the news. So how do you stop it? Get a part of it. Yeah. And that's, it's a good segue because if I'm looking at, you know, what you're trying to accomplish coming up next, I mean, you and I spoke, and by the way, we have a, a lot of educators listening to this show. And so you're looking to become uh, or to do more speaking, right? Speaking to youth, right? Speaking to youth in cities. Talk to us about that. I also know you want to open a sports academy. It's just tell tell me and our listeners, like, what is John Mosley up to in the next 12 or 13 months? What are you trying to do? In the next 12 or 13 months, man, I'm trying to open up an uh, education academy for hair. Like just like a weekend training facility to help train people with that. Also, I'm trying to open up with my brother, like I said, Patrick Hall and Torres Hill. We're trying to open up a sports facility to help. But also inside that sports, uh, we're trying to train the youth on how to speak to the camera, how to be in front of media. Uh, but then also I want to give them the skill sets on how to stand behind the camera. Like I think growing up so much, Kids only see rappers, basketball, TikTokers, YouTubers, Instagrammers. They, they see all these other ways to get famous in front of the camera. But you can still do the same thing and still have the uh, greater impact behind the camera and make sometimes more money than the people in front of the camera. And wow. so like, we want to put all of that together in our facility and help you know, change the narrative and help change the mindset. So that's the sports facility. Uh, you know, I got barbershop plans in the next few months as well, but also just, just continue to be me and hit that stage as an impactful speaker, not a motivational speaker. You know, we talked about it. I want to make an impact. I don't want to motivate. If I can make an impact, I can motivate you. And so that's what I want to do. I want to impact. And maybe it's not just talking to the youth. Maybe sometime it might be talking to the education systems and helping them understand how to effectively communicate with the youth. It could be sitting down and talking to parents with their kids on how to build a relationship with their kids. Because when you see me and my kids together, we got a great, unique relationship. You know, so it's like teaching parents how to effectively communicate with the kids. I think so far, so long, it's always been, I'm the parent, you got to listen to me. I'm mm -hmm. the parent, you got to do what I say. And now it's like, I'm the parent, but let me sit down for a second and learn from you. Let me see how to effectively communicate with you. Let me tune in to find out what makes you think. What makes you move? What are you motivated by? And teaching that. And I think it's the same way in the education system. So long you had football players, basketball players, or just sports in general. Oh, they're dumb jocks. They're dumb jocks. But if you really look at how they effectively communicate to each other on the field, the coaches have to effectively communicate with them. There's no way they could be dumb. They just found a way that they like to learn. Yeah. And so it's like in the education system, if you teach a football player football math by numbers that he understands and those are scenarios that he are in that he's excited about, basketball the same way, baseball the same way. Baseball is a sport that's done by sign language. Football is a sport that's done by sign language and effective communication. Basketball, sign language, effective communication. So I look at it from my standpoint as an educator. That's what I want to help people understand. It's how you deal with people, how you talk to people 
but how you impact somebody in order to get them to change their thought process. Like I said, I don't, I don't talk down to people as an educator. I actually kind of challenge your thought process because if I could challenge your thought process, I could get in there and make an impact. This is, I mean, this, this show is called the inspiration accelerator because we're trying to talk to people who can inspire our audience. I know you don't want to be a motivational speaker. You want to be (laughs) an impactful speaker, but man, I'm I'm sitting here with the goosebumps, so I'm sure that our audience is getting really <laughs> fired up right now as well. What's the? We'll, we'll get you out of here on this one. What's the connection to to kids, right? I know your own children, but like, what is the? It seems like you're really passionate about positively impacting children, um, getting on stages in front of children, or even the families and the educators, like you mentioned. What, where does that come from? Uh, so early on in my barbering career and my journey, I, I, I'm passionate about sports. I don't miss sports. I love it. So I coached football youth in Lakewood, California, uh, probably for about 10 years. So I learned patience from dealing with youth. But I also learned how they really don't want to be talked down to. They just want to be listened to. Yeah. A lot of kids do crime. A lot of kids mess up in school part ways because one, teachers don't give a shit about them because it's a job. Part ways two is that the parents just tell them to do their homework and you better do your homework or you better do this, you better do that. And then the third is that the kids just want somebody to believe in them. Yeah, They want somebody to listen to them and believe in them. And so I'm surrounded by a group of men that listen and believe in me and I listen and I believe in them. And so as a group, we listen and believe in the youth and give them an opportunity. And we talk to them like they're young men. We treat them like they're young men, but more importantly, we treat them like they're fucking human. And I think a lot of kids right now don't get treated like they're human through the jail system, through the juvenile jail system, through rehabilitation. Nobody's getting helped. They're just getting pushed to the side or they're getting, oh, you'll be all right. You know, as a man, you're taught your whole life not to cry, not to cry. You show weak emotion. Yeah, it's a weak emotion, but at the end of the day, sometimes you got to let that shit out. And I think my passion for speaking to parents, youth, education system, to whoever, is that. Be human. We have got so far away from being fucking human that it's sad. So we got to get back to being human. And it starts in our house and then outside of it and touching and impacting people. And it start with the kids because they're, they're the future. Whitney Houston told us that. Michael <laughs> Jackson told us that. Yeah, yeah, I believe yeah. that children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. But yeah. show, the, show them all the beauty they possess inside. Like these are lyrics yeah. from a song that these kids don't even hear. Words of affirmation, yeah. they don't get it. Some kids yeah. don't even know what affirmations are because they mm-hmm. never experienced them. And if you got a young daughter, if you got a young son, you got to teach them that first. You got to believe in you. So then when you walk in the room with confidence, somebody else could believe in you as well. That's why I, I'm passionate about speaking to the youth. I love it. And by the so folks, I gave John's social media a little while ago, and it's going to be on the uh, on the info for this show. But if you uh, if you are a, an educator um, or really anybody who wants to get John in front of uh, in front of your audience, man, reach John, should they email you or should they reach out and connect with you on 
on the website on, on popularnobody.com. What's the best way to do that? So I'm going to tell anybody that want to reach out to me, have a conversation and possibly bring me out to speak and all of that. You could reach me, reach me in every direction. Go to the <laughs> website, slide in my DM, email me, all of that. So I don't miss it because I definitely feel like I got a voice and I got uh, I got something to get off my chest to help. And so I want to make sure that we connect every way possible. So please do all three. Just take five minutes of your time and reach out to me in all three areas. So I don't miss an opportunity. John, quick question, because I, I, I should ask you this earlier. When you left college football to pursue a career in hair, now I know your career is bigger, but like, let's, let's look like at the beginning. Did people tell you you were crazy? You, you talking about like, can't show emotion. Man's got to be a man. Like folks like, but people tell you you're crazy. You're leaving this thing, this tough guy sport to go to cut people's hair. Do they tell you you were nuts? And did, did it take, you talk about the confidence to walk in the room, but I'm almost thinking about the confidence to make decisions that are non-traditional, the confidence to make decisions that other people might think are a little bit nuts. When I first made the decision, people looked at me like, boy, you are too big not to be on the football field or playing basketball. Right. But then I had the family support because my family was already in the industry. So that wasn't something that was in my household. Like, you're making a bad decision. It was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you want to do this. And, then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and so then that's how it happened. But then after that, if anybody know me, they know even in my path and my journey in my career right now, I make my decisions and I stand on them and I, I work through them. And so I don't I don't care what how somebody may perceive me. I don't care how people might think of me. At the end of the day, everybody has an agenda. And if you figure out their agenda, you're going to look like the bad guy when you decide not to work in their agenda. So you might as well have your own agenda and that's take care of you and yours. And if your agenda is that, you're going to always make the right decision. Oh my gosh, dude, I could talk to you for a week, uh, but I want to respect your time. Uh, John Mosley, AKA the popular nobody, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your, your story and your wisdom with our audience. Thank you for inspiring me, man. I mean, this show is about getting fired up and hearing about people's stories and like what they're up to and what they're trying to accomplish. So, um, certainly, man, you've done that. Uh, you've done that for me and for the audience as well. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate your time. Ah, Michael, thank you, man. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for sitting back in that hotel lobby bar and just like soaking, soaking up what I had to give a little bit from the sideline, but being willing to uh, see something in me and, and giving me an opportunity like this. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to continuing conversations that might not be on the podcast, but, you know, just on the phone with you, bro. Like just sitting yeah. back and just effectively communicating with each other to help, you know, do what you do. And me jumping in, in there and helping you out and you jumping over here and helping me do what we do. So, yeah, listen, I couldn't agree more, man. And uh, you stood out to me that night. Um, not because the um, I mean, initially it was the reaction that you got, but and like I love attention. So the fact that everyone shifted their attention from me to you definitely stood out to me. I'm like, OK, who's this dude? Um, but man, you just uh, you just were so gracious with your time. And it could tell that people were looking at you as like somebody that they really revered. 
but you didn't, um, there was no uh, air of kind of condescension or of ego or of attitude or I'm better or different than you. You were a, a teacher in that moment. You're a, a, te- a teacher with your, with your, uh, with your son, as you shared on the, on the show here and you're committed to teaching as a, uh, and you're a teacher, I mean, you're a teacher for barbers. You're, you're, you're looking to become a, even more of a teacher for families and for children and for educators as well. So um, I agree, man. I think this is not the end of this conversation, but, but the beginning and uh, we know it'll be the end of our podcast. I can't wait for the work that we'll, uh, we'll hopefully do together, man. Truly. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. All right, folks. Well, listen, uh, check out John. We'll share his social media in our uh, in our uh, promotional uh, in our promotional emails and on social media as well. Um, you'll uh, let me jump back to that because I just want to give it one last time before we break here. Uh, but we got John at uh, popular nobody at, at popular underscore nobody on Instagram, TikTok at popular uh, jm that's for john mosley and uh, of course website is the popular nobody.com folks thanks so much for joining out joining us john thanks so much for being here we'll see you next week with an all-new guest can't uh, can't thank you enough for stopping by um for uh the inspiration accelerator i'm michael somber and see you all soon take care thanks for joining us for this week's episode Please look out for a new episode with a new guest every week. This was the Inspiration Accelerator with Michael Sonberg.